Hi everyone, welcome to the Restoring Rapport podcast. My name is Seth Hensley and this is a show dedicated to young believers pursuing the goal of healthy marriage and family. You know, we live in a world where getting married and starting a family is far too often postponed for longer than God designed and pushed to the back burner in favor of less important things. But the good news is that it doesn't have to stay this way. As young believers, we have the choice to prioritize what matters most in our lives every day and to live face to face with God and others. Every Thursday and Sunday on this show, I'll be sharing research, conducting interviews, and reviewing articles on the importance of marriage and family for society. I'll also be releasing exclusive content such as spoken word poetry, allegorical short stories, and bonus episodes for subscribers. Friends, God did not set us up to live life alone. The truth of the matter is that every minute of your adult life that you wait to marry is a minute of your life that you're not spending with your life partner. While some might be content to live with the consequences of this arrangement, I would argue that those who wish to spend as much of their life as possible with their mate are perfectly within reason and soundness of value to do so. It is my deepest hope that this podcast inspires Generation Z to pursue marriage, become the best spouses and parents the world has ever seen, serve with furious intentionality, love well, and discover the joy of hanging the moon for another. To access my sources, subscribe to the show, or get your copy of my latest book, visit anchor.fm slash seth-hensley or check out the show notes of each episode. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 77 of the Restoring Rapport podcast. Super excited for the content we've got planned out for you guys today. As always, this is a show about keeping marriage and family as central goals for young believers and prioritizing relationship in a world of many distractions. And today I'm going to be reading an article that I believe is going to be very near and dear to my heart because it is about uh, one of the most influential men in my life, somebody who has died and gone on, but left a legacy that is celebrated and revered by many, many people today. And that man is J.R.R. Tolkien. That uh, that name, the name J.R.R. Tolkien, may sound very familiar to you because he is the author of The Lord of the Rings, uh, a series that has um, just shaped my childhood in every possible way. Uh, and it was the source of many of the, my childhood stories. Um, the, the Peter Jackson film adaptations were a guiding post of my teenage years and even further than that I the, his works were something that I continue to read into my adulthood um he's also become you know popular again in a sense with a, a new crowd of people through the recent rings of power uh tra- um tv adaptation that is being made by amazon um which i i've really enjoyed so far there are some critiques that i have as well and i'm con- I, i'm not without my concerns as a tolkien fan but uh, I, I'm just grateful to see somebody appreciating the, the two men who have started the project, J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, seem to be men of uh, very much who respect Tolkien's work. And I love to see people who respect Tolkien's work and love it to the point that they would actually uh, make an adaptation and retell his stories. So, And I obviously think that is a serious charge to be handed, but I, I, I appreciate their love of his work. And I've been enjoying that series recently, but my love of Tolkien and his work goes far beyond the new series that is coming out this year. And that's why I'm so excited today to review Tolkien's opinion on the secret to a happy marriage, which this is something I haven't done on this show yet. I've ta- I'm taking here one of my favorite authors and I'm giving his uh, story, but I'm also giving his um, opinion on what I have been trying to guide people to. And uh, this is going to be uh, revealing because there sometimes you don't always agree with your heroes. Sometimes you do. Uh, oftentimes they've shaped you in amazing and profound ways, particularly since I've, um, you know, 
been taught Tolkien since I was very young. Um, but today I'm going to find out if I actually agree with John Ronald Rule Tolkien on the subject of the secret to a happy marriage <laughs> or whether I don't. This is going to be really interesting. I'm actually excited to read this article. Again, the title of the article is Tolkien Speaks, The Secret to a Happy Marriage. This is by a website called The Catholic Gentleman. Um, I'm assuming that I'm going to agree with a large percentage of what is said in this article because simply because, if only because, it is by one of my favorite authors. And because I, what from what I know of his love story with his wife, Edith, I believe that he um, was wise and that he fought hard for the real deal. So um, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump straight into this article. This was written on July 13th of 2015, and again, the title is Tolkien Speaks, The Secret to a Happy Marriage. J.R.R. Tolkien was a romantic. When he met his future wife, Edith, at the age of 16, he was incessantly smitten with her and immediately began an informal courtship, taking her to local tea houses on a regular basis. When the priest who acted as Tolkien's guardian found out about his romance, however, he forbade him from having contact with Edith until the age of 21, so as to not distract him from his studies. Tolkien reluctantly obeyed. For five long years, he waited for the one he knew was his soulmate. On the evening of his 21st birthday, he wrote a letter to Edith, Edith declaring his love and asking for her hand in marriage. A week later, they were engaged to be married. Wow, I, I actually did not know every aspect of that. I knew a large portion of it based on the stuff that I'd read about Tolkien in the past and a film adaptation that was made, uh, I think it was in 2018, I believe. Uh, highly recommend that film adaptation of the, the life of Tolkien. And um, it's, kind of what, it's kind of the story of his formative years leading up to the time when he wrote Lord of the Rings. Very well-made film. Uh, it's one of actually my favorite films of all time, so I'd highly recommend that. Again, it's just called Tolkien, and uh, you can get that you know, online or through any DVD salesman, even though those are becoming less popular with all the streaming services offered today. Uh, if you prefer DVDs, I'm sure you can get a copy through that, that uh, format as well. Continuing with the article here, throughout his life, Tolkien wrote love poems to his wife, and in his letters to friends, he writes glowingly about her. But perhaps his most famous and enduring tribute is his beloved bride was weaving his romance with her into the mythology. Oh, was weaving his romance with her into myth mythology of Middle Earth in the story of Baron and Luthien. A more moving tribute would be hard to find. He wrote to his son Christopher, "I never called Edith Luthien, but she was the source of the story in that time, and but she was the source of the story that in time became the chief part of the Silmarillion." It was the it was first conceived in a small woodland woodland glade filled with hemlocks at Ruse in Yorkshire, where I was for a brief time in command of an outpost of the Humber garrison in nineteen seventeen, and she was able to live with me for a while. In those days her hair was raven, her skin clear, her eyes brighter than you have seen them, and she could sing and dance. And I just I'm just incredibly moved here that this this man one of the reasons that he is uh you know, the author of just such an amazing love story. For those of you who don't know the tale of Baron and Luthien, uh, it's a tale that I should probably actually read on the show to you later. It's just a phenomenal um, love story. It's an epic. It's an epic love story. It's not, um, it's very, it's a significant portion of the Silmarillion, but it's also just epic in the sense of what these two individuals go through um, in order to be with one another. It's just truly moving. Um, Great love story all around, and it's just so nice that that is a tribute to his wife. Many authors tr attempt to keep their own uh, personal stories out of their writings. They think that they create 
uh, they impurify their writings when they put their own personal stories in. And I, I believe Tolkien himself thought that to a certain extent in the sense of he hated allegory and he did not appreciate when there was one specific meaning that could be taken from a story. He liked it when stories were their own character and their own self uh, without the influence of the author, I believe. But also to hear that he had this tribute uh, in the Silmarillion for his wife is a truly uh, beautiful thing to me. I appreciate men who um, are absolutely smitten with their wife. <laughs> that's something that I believe uh, we should be. That's that's her, That's a good thing to be just absolutely adoring of your wife. So I just appreciate that my favorite author, was, one of my favorite authors, probably my favorite author, author of all time uh, was that for his wife. It's just truly uh, touching to me. Even in death, Tolkien would not leave his Edith. He, bar- he is buried next to her under a single gravestone inscribed with the names Baron and Luthien. To use the, fra- the popular phrase, Tolkien was very much in love with his wife. And that's just, that's so awesome to me. I love to see relationships like that. The relationships that are in my life that I see of people, uh, the ones that I appreciate most are the ones where the couple is just smitten with each other. They are truly in love. They have not allowed time or their workplace or other demands that are put on their life by culture. They have not allowed those to um, affect the depth of their romance. They haven't allowed the fire to go out in a sense. They've kept it alive they've tended it they've nurtured it uh, and it's grown into something very very beautiful indeed and that's just something really really precious to me i value that highly and that's the way i want my own marriage to be one day so to read about my author having my favorite author having that story is truly awesome real love hurts is the next section J.R.R. Tolkien was was happily married for 55 years. In contrast, the modern divorce rate is shockingly high, and some are giving up on monogamous marriage altogether, claiming it simply isn't possible or healthy. What did Tolkien have that many marriages do not? How did he make it work? The answer is simple. He understood that real love involves self-denial. Interesting. The, I totally agree so far. The modern notion of, notion of love is pure sentiment, and it focus, it is focused primarily on self. If someone excites you, if they get your pulse racing, if they affirm you and your desires, then you can say you're in love with him, according to modern definitions. While deeply attached to his wife, Tolkien rejected this shallow idea of love. He embraced instead the Catholic understanding of real love as focused on the other. Very good. Something that it, that requires a sacrifice of natural instincts at a determined act of the will. To illustrate Tolkien's profound view of married love, I want to share an excerpt from a letter to his son, Michael Tolkien. It is a different side of Tolkien that, that many are unfamiliar with. To those with an overly sentimental view of love, his words may be shocking, even offensive. Yet he articulates truths that, if understood and embraced, bring true and lasting happiness to a marriage. Here is a trunicated version of his letter. Before I read you that, I would like to point out, though, that I don't want to underemphasize the uh, chemistry element of what I believe Tolkien and Edith have. Their relationship, as pointed out above, started at the age of 16. He was completely smitten with her, as the author pointed out of this article. Um, he was so smitten with her, in fact, that he was willing to wait five years uh, to not pursuing anyone um, and have her and write to her again at the age of 21. Um, and while I don't think he should have waited from the time of 16 to 21, I would totally disagree with his priest there about his uh, pursuit of education instead of romance. I do think that that is touching, that he was able to do that. And that says something about the nature of how smitten he was with her. Um, that is not always an act of wisdom, guys. That That is not just wisdom. It is wisdom, but it is also an act of attraction, okay? If you meet somebody that you are that attracted to, 
that is some something that you someone that you I would say are intended to pursue and that is a mark of a healthy relationship attraction the reason it's there God made attractions to push you towards something you were intended for right so to- attraction I would say is a major part of a relationship it's something that should be present okay if you are not attracted to the person that you are in a relationship with I'd say there is a problem and I would say you should I would I would I would counsel people not to enter relationships where they are not attracted majorly where they are not smitten with their partner okay uh, because I believe I place a very high value on attraction because I believe it makes it easier um, in the times when there are disagreements it makes it easier um, not only easier it's just that's what love is intended to have in the romantic sense so if it's not there it's really like marriage becomes more almost like a a contractual friendship and you have to be careful not to make it that that is not what marriage i believe is supposed to be marriage is supposed to be the closest relationship between a man and a woman possible um and for that to happen i believe that romantic attraction has to be present hi guys i want to take a quick break and tell you about an opportunity that you guys have as listeners to become subscribers of this podcast now in order to become a sub all you have to do is follow the subscribe link in the show notes found in the description of each episode and when you subscribe you'll get access to exclusive material including additional interviews all of my spoken word poetry pieces all of my dramatized allegorical short stories and even more of my article readings okay so lots of content will be available to you that won't be available to anyone else subscribing to the show only costs five dollars a month which is less than most people spend on their lunch at work every day okay so you won't even notice it disappearing from your bank account if you enjoy listening to the show and you're looking for an opportunity to financially support the content you care about this is your chance okay follow the link in the show notes to become a sub thank you so much for choosing this show to listen to and now without further ado let's get back to the episode so i would say that tolkien obviously had that for edith he i mean she was hugely impactful for him he has her name the name he, he put he painted a figurative story of baron and luthien in the silmarillion representing his relationship with edith that he poured his relationship with her into his work that means that it meant something to him right i mean they're buried together their names are uh the their names from his books are on their on their headstones i mean it's he loved his wife greatly and i would not underemphasize the attraction part of that that love now i'm not going to underemphasize the self-denial part either that's definitely something important that i'll get to later but i'm saying you should not enter into a covenant relationship and begin uh denying self with someone unless there is that attraction there uh, the happiest marriage that, marriages that I see and the most whole marriages, the marriages where there is the most service and love and care, are the ones where the attraction was present before the marriage. The attraction has to be present before you tie the knot, is what I would say. So let's continue here, though. His next setting, heading is there is no escape. And I believe this is, yes, this is a, this is a letter of J.R.R. Tolkien um, that he wrote to, I believe, his son, Michael, based on what I've read so far. But let's go ahead and continue reading just to find out. Yes, it is. The author has said Michael Tolkien. He is the recipient of this letter. There is no escape. Men are not monogamous. 
No good pretending, men just ain't, not by their animal nature. Monogamy, although it has long been fundamental to our inherited ideas, is for us men a piece of revealed ethic, according to faith and not the flesh. The essence of a fallen world is that the best cannot be attained by free enjoyment, or by what is called self-realization, usually a nice name for self-indulgence, wholly inimical to the realization of other selves. But by denial, by suffering, faithfulness in Christian marriages entails that great mortification. For a Christian man, there is no escape. Marriage may help to sanctify and direct to its proper object his sexual desires. Its grace may help him in the struggle, but the struggle remains. Hmm. Very interesting. I would say I agree with him there. I believe he says marriage may help to sanctify and direct to its proper object, his sexual desires. It's grace may help him in the struggle, but the struggle remains. I agree with him. So he's saying that uh, marriage does not solve all your sexual problems, but that it does provide it with a direction um, and a stability for and, and it directs you towards the proper object of your sexual desires. Um, and I would agree with that. But he's kind of saying that the struggle remains here. Let's continue and go on. I want to see more what he says on that subject. It will not satisfy him as hunger may be kept off by regular meals. It will offer as many difficulties to the purity pr proper to that state as it provides easements. easements. Hmm. See, that last statement I don't know that I agree with because he's saying that in marriage there will be as many, um, as many sexual temptations as there were outside of marriage. And I, I disagree with that because, again, I would point to the principle of um, when you are hungry, to use his illustration about hunger, when you are hungry, if you are eating regularly the meals that uh, are nourishing to you and that are good for your body, uh, your hungry hunger is quelled and you're not going to be as likely to consume junk food um, as long as you're actually eating, as long as you are nurturing yourself and being conscious about that uh to use my water example from previous from, from previous podcast episodes a man who has access to pure water does not is not tempted by impure water right and i would say that it the same applies to sexuality within the context of a marriage if a man has access to a healthy sexual relationship with a woman he is less likely far less likely to seek out um you know impure modes of sexuality um, and I, I would hold to that. Now, I don't think Tolkien is necessarily saying that's not true. He's saying um, that there are still, you know, challenges and many difficulties uh, that are in marriage in the realm of sexuality, but that it also, as he said above, um, directs to its proper object his sexual desires. Uh, that part I definitely agree with. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, getting married solves all your sexual problems. I definitely do not think that. I, there are going to be... One, it, you know, obviously the challenge of remaining remaining loyal to your spouse after marriage, it could be a challenge. But again, I would say that attraction element there at the beginning of a relationship, uh, guys in the past, when I've been attracted to somebody, it's been, um, it's been so easy to avoid looking at other women in a, um, lustful way. It really is. I, I tell you there, it, there's nothing that makes it easier on you, um, in a realm of, in a realm of keeping your eyes in check. There's nothing that makes it easier on you than having somebody that you adore. There really isn't. Um, so I would say that I agree with the first part there. I I'm a little bit leery on the second part, but obviously I would be very slow to question Tolkien and anything that he says because I revere him a lot. So, <laughs> but just keeping that in mind, I might agree with him, disagree with him just a little bit there.
Hi guys, this is just a quick reminder that you can use the link in the show notes to send me a voice message with a comment or a question. No man, this is Tolkien speaking. No man, however, truly he loved, no man, however, truly he loved his betrothed and bride as a young man has lived faithful to her as a wife in mind and body without deliberate conscious exercise of the will without self-denial. Too few are told that even those brought in, up in the church, those outside, those outside seem seldom to have heard it. So I, I agree with that. There is going to be amount of a certain amount of self-control, self-denial involved in remaining loyal to your spouse in a marriage, no matter what you do. I totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. I'm just saying that getting married is the the path that men, most young men in the world are were intended for because that is often the sexual struggles that they're having are really a dysfunctional mode of dealing with a God-given need that they're not uh, choosing to pursue. So they're choosing to look at pornography rather than pursue marriage and a healthy sexual relationship with a woman because uh, A, it might be easier, or B, uh, they don't feel like they could do it or what for whatever reason. And I'm saying that if they pursue what God intended them for and they achieve that, once they achieve that, um, that is really going to cut down on, they're not going to want to consume trash as much because they have the the genuine article if that makes sense um and i get that there's always going to be amount of self-denial an amount of self-control an amount of keeping your thoughts where they should be and being loyal to your wife i always get that but i'm saying it's so much easier to be loyal to a woman than it is to go without a woman entirely so that's what i would say to that when the glamour wears off or merely works a bit thin They think that they have made a mistake and that the real soulmate is still to find. The real soulmate too often proves to be the next sexually attractive person that comes along. Someone whom they might indeed, they might indeed very profitably have married if only, hence divorce, to provide the if only. And of course they are as a rule quite right. They did make a mistake. Only a very wise man at the end of his life could make a sound judgment concerning whom amongst the total possible chances he ought most profitably have married. Nearly all and that's true, right? I mean you can't know in, in the sense of logic, you can't know who you should have married until you've met everybody in your life. So the only people who could make a perfect decision about who to marry are old men. Um and I see what he's saying there, but I obviously that obviously Tolkien's story is one where he was he knew he who was his soulmate and he waited for her for five years in order to um marry her and i i mean obviously he wouldn't i believe at that time he would still say she's the best one for me and i'm not going to choose anyone else even if you were to bring somebody better she is the one i choose right and i think there's something really touching to that and beautiful um and at some point guys you have to stop trying to find the absolute best in the sense of I never want to condone settling. Never, ever, ever. I'm saying if you were to, you're never going to meet all the women in the world. So at some point you have to be like Tolkien and you have to find somebody that you find amazingly attractive and you have to just stick to them. You have to say, I am not leaving. I'm going to cling to you, cleave to you um, in the way that I'm intended to, right? So I, I totally agree with that here. Let's continue going. Nearly all marriages, even happy ones, are mistakes, in the sense that almost certainly, in a more perfect world or even with a little more care in this very imperfect one, both partners might have found more suitable mates, but the real soulmate is the one you are actually married to. Love that. Love that. In this fallen world, we have, as our only guides, prudence, wisdom, rare in youth, too late in age, a clean heart and fidelity of will. And that is from Letters from J.R.R. Tolkien, page 51 and 52. That is just beautiful. As you can see, he has an amazing way with words. 
uh, as, as a famous author is no doubt going to have. But I just love the way that he writes, and I agree with a large portion of it. But let's move on to the next section. Love is a battle. As I said, many might be offended by Tolkien's straight talk about marriage. If you really love someone, they would argue it shouldn't be hard to love them. It shouldn't be a struggle. Marriage as mortification? How offensive. You must really, you must not really love your wife. This line of thinking misses the point for real love is a fight against self-love. It is a struggle against our fallen and very selfish natures. It is a, di- it is a dying that gives life. And any man who, man who is honest with himself will admit that Tolkien was right. The struggle for chastity and fidelity never ends, no matter how much you love your wife. Now, I would, I would draw a distinction here. I, w- I would maybe disagree with this author's interpretation of Tolkien's words a little bit. Uh, Tolkien is not saying that... Um, I don't believe that Tolkien's actions do not say that attraction has no point and that marriage does not, there is not a certain element of marriage that makes it easy to love your wife because you find her just tremendously attractive. Uh, Tolkien is saying that there's always a certain level of self-denial and uh, self-regulation in the context of your sexuality within marriage. He is not saying that, um, you know, that it's all about basically, he's not saying that marriage is going to always be a, a struggle. Um, it shouldn't always be a struggle. I, I would not think because the, the the best marriages I know that I see in my life are not a constant struggle. They are a very loving relationship where there is self-denial and self-regulation um, present. So self-denial is an important aspect of marriage, but it is not what should be occurring in marriage all the time, right? Because you, in the end, you married somebody that you find extremely attractive. That doesn't require a whole lot of self-denial. That's <laughs> what I would say to that. So I'm, I'm kind of a, I don't know that I would go 100% on board with this, this, this claim here, but I would agree with um, the, the letter of Tolkien above. I think I'm interpreting it a little bit differently than this, this author. The essence of love, he says, is an act of the will. Feelings come and go in marriage. Those, see again, uh, yeah, that's true. That's true, I guess. But I, I think he's painting a picture of marriage here as some, somewhere, something where, you know. It's, it was almost like there's rarely a romantic love between the 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 couple in a marriage, and I don't think that always has to be true. I think you can choose to cultivate that and not, as I said, let the fire go out. And marriage does not not have to be uh, drudgery. In fact, it can be very very wholesome uh, in the sense of very rewarding, even emotionally. I mean, guys, there's nothing better than a a, rom- a romantic relationship where things are healthy and i'm not talking about infatuation i'm just talking about a whole romantic relationship where things are well because effort has been put into maintaining the fire and maintaining the connection and keeping the couple close and loving with one another you can do that you can make that conscious choice continuing though those with happy marriages are those who choose choose to love their wives more than themselves who choose to sacrifice short-term desires for long-term happiness who choose to give instead of take and you know what? When you choose to be faithful, happiness inevitably follows. See, that's what I'm trying to point out. That I totally agree with that. You can choose to cultivate a marriage that leads to happiness by exercising self-denial. So that, that's what I would totally agree with him here. Um, let's continue and move on, though. So many give up when things become difficult at the very moment when if they would simply choose to be faithful and fight, they would they would find real happiness waiting at the end of the struggle. As another happily married Catholic, G.K. Chesterton once wrote, I have known many happy marriages, but never a compatible one. <laughs> That's very good. The whole aim of marriage is to fight through and survive the instant when incompatibility becomes unquestionable for a man and a woman as such are incompatible. Oh, that's beautiful. I absolutely love that. 
Ha, so good, man. He's such a good author as well. True joy and lasting happiness in marriage are possible. Absolutely. 100% agree with that. Countless marriages, including Tolkien's, prove that fact. Absolutely. 100% agree with that. But we will never find this joy if we are focused on ourselves. 100% agree with that. The paradox is that you must forget yourself to find the happiness you seek. Uh, Agree with that as well. I think I disagreed with him a little bit above because I I disagreed with the way he worded it, perhaps. I I, I felt like he was going down the road of marriage is drudgery. It's not about being attracted to your partner. It's all about self-denial. It's all about whipping yourself and just all that and i don't think that's attraction i believe is i mean it's the kickstart right and it's something that really needs to be there um and again you you perhaps you lose that that attraction but you can always get that back through effort and work right and through self-denial if you start um laying down your life for your wife and sacrificing your for your wife the relationship becomes so much more valuable to you because you put work and sweat and blood and tears into it and i will just say guys attraction people say that goes away but really what they mean is the fireworks of the relationship goes away because attraction is not something that goes away. Uh, in my experience and in the experience of the mentors in my life who have wonderful marriages, the attraction has been something that is ever-present, right? It's not something that fades. Just because somebody develops wrinkles uh, in their old age does not mean that the attraction ever left, right? Uh, the, the husbands that I know who I most admire have been smitten with their wives from the time that they're 16 until the time that they're 50, Okay, that's not something that has gone away. Now, with that said, I will add the clarification that that doesn't mean all of the ro- the things that they've gone through have been easy. There have been major difficulties, right? That they've had to do. They've had to practice self denial. They've had to lay down their life for their spouse. They've had to preserve connection through conscious choice. But that doesn't mean that the attraction left. Okay, that doesn't mean that the attraction left. And even if it fluctuated a bit, it was something that was, I would say, very stable for them. And that is possible for you. You just have to make sure you find somebody that you are attracted to uh, before you enter a marriage with them. And then it's at that point that you begin laying your life down for them and preserving the connection, right? So I would totally agree with a lot of what he's saying here. Um, But let's continue and finish off the article here. Men, if you want a faithful and happy marriage, you must die to yourself. You must put your wife first. You must love her through sacrifice and self-denial the same way Christ loved his bride at the church. This is the simple secret so many miss. I totally agree. Um, And again, I I just love that my favorite part of this reaction video or this reaction podcast was reading the letter of J.R.R. Tolkien to his son, Michael, on the uh, the context of marriage and the relationship between men and women. That's absolutely beautiful. I love to hear one of my favorite authors talking about an issue that is so near and dear to my heart. Um, It was it was like a double blessing because I love the works of Tolkien. I love the way he words things. I love all the things that he did for this world and the impact that he made. And I also love the issue that he was addressing in this particular letter. So that was that was definitely a blessing for me. I'm so glad I found this article. Um, I loved, loved reading it. I will include the link to this article in the show notes if you're interested in reading it for yourself um, to perhaps determine if you have a different interpretation of this author's you know interpretation of Tolkien. So that will be there in the show notes as well. As always, reach out and let me know what you thought of the episode. Uh, through the link in the show notes, you can send me a voice message. It makes me feel very connected with my audience when I hear your voice, and I love to hear your perspective on the work that I'm doing. You can also follow us on uh, Facebook at Restoring Rapport on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you guys so much for listening today, and we will talk to you next time.